Hello, and welcome back to Heartwork, the podcast all about love, relationships, dating, and the work of the heart. My name is Tom Lloyd. I am your host to open up this heartfelt space. And today, I'm really excited because for the first time on this show, we're going to delve into what is called the five love languages. And if you've encountered the love languages before, you're probably already excited because you know how awesome they are. And if you haven't, you are in for a treat because the love languages are awesome. What they do is they enable us to just have a much stronger language and relationship to how we give and receive love. It's like a language of love. In fact, it's five different languages of love. Um, and I can't believe I haven't talked about it before on this show because this show is almost like it itself building a language of love. So for me, it's kind of like a duh, Tom moment. And I got inspired to really delve into this because my guest today is actually encountering the work of the love languages for the first time. He's kind of looking at them and he's he's like lit up by them and he's making these connections and realizations and having aha moments. And if you have encountered the love languages before, you've probably been in the same place. And if you haven't, you're probably about to go there. So I welcome you along the ride either way. My guest today, his name is Kwame Amin, and he is one of the brightest lights in my life right now. He is such a role model of love and light, and he's just so bright. He shows up, he does the work, he's devoted, he's committed. He is a man of service. He just gives back. He doesn't understand another way to live. He just gives. He serves life around him. It's how he lives. And um, he's kind of realizing that's actually just one of the love languages, acts of service. And he's learning that there's four more. So he's on the threshold of a whole bunch of love or different kinds of love. And, um, you know, beyond that, I have to say he's also a role model of understanding what it means to work with spirit the love of the spiritual life, which is a whole other aspect. And in that sense, he is a brother to me, a brother in spirit. He is one of my greatest friends. So I'm so happy to introduce you to Kwame and hear us talk about the love languages. Kwame, what's up? Hey, hey Tom. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? It's good to see you. It is good to see you. There once was a man. His name was Tom. He wore a red shirt and loved his mom. That's right. I do Tom, love my mom. And I'm wearing Tom a... loved everyone. <laughs> I do love everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show because, number one, I saw that you just read the Love Languages book for the first time or just uh, kind of encountered that work and you were like lit uh, up by it. And I've been meaning to talk about the Love Languages on this show for a while. So. Oh, boy. I'm honored I'm, to be talking about that with you. Yes, I'm like super excited that you're like just understanding it too. It's like yeah. a fresh perspective. You haven't been working yeah. for it with it for a while. So that's yeah. amazing. But before we get into that, I like to give everybody the opportunity to just say, who are you? How do you want to be framed? What do you want people to know about you? Just knowing that most people are going to encounter you as a voice. All right. Well, my name is Kwame Amin. Um, mm -hmm. I am a, I was born in Trinidad. I'm 33 years old now. My birthday just passed. I am a physician assistant. 
I work in the ER with about four or five years experience, and I also have about eight years of orthopedic surgery experience. My mother still lives in Trinidad, and my father uh, passed away. Um, we didn't have the greatest relationship, but uh, I've encountered and learned a lot of things about our relationship as I've kind of uh, continued to grow. So that's me in a nutshell. And, I, and my love language is acts of service. And my whole life is dedicated to serving uh, others in any way, shape, or form I can. Um, I do it through a community service, and I do it through serving people through uh, my general work. I'm also a student as well. I forgot that one part. I'm, uh, I'm currently getting my MBA in healthcare administration or strategic healthcare management. And uh, the semester just ended. So I have a little time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're pretty incredible. Just oh, thank you, so I will just like add on that. Like you're on the front lines of COVID-19 in New York City. Oh, yes. Yes. yes and yes, you're it's... also getting an MBA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like... Uh, it's it's never ending. It's never ending. And, um, you know, I'm glad to be able to be healthy and be able to serve and help uh, however I can. Um, the New York City, uh, we got hit really hard in the beginning, but it's calmed down quite a bit. And uh, the effect of it calming down quite a bit is that a lot of my colleagues have been furloughed, unfortunately. Oh, wow. And I have, yes. And I haven't worked in the ER in almost like three to four weeks, unfortunately, as well. It's unfortunate and fortunate, fortunate in the sense that it means that not as much people are coming to the hospital and not as much people are getting sick, but it's unfortunate in the sense that people are losing money. Um, so while I, I don't want, you know, the hospitals to be as overwhelmed as we were before when it initially hit us and we were all scrambling around, I just, I wish that our, my colleagues and coworkers who don't have two jobs like me um, would still be able to bring home the paychecks that they need to kind of take care of themselves and their families. So that's where we are now. That's where we are. I mean, especially yeah. since they've been helping out so much, you know? Yep. Cool. We might get into a little bit of that a little, a little bit later. Sure. Okay. So it's always important for me to also let people know, like, how we know each other. And yes. so what would you say our connection is? You're my partner. You are like <laughs> my, my spiritual uh, partner in crime. I remember when I first heard about you. It was mm -hmm. when um, uh, Ray, I don't know, remember Ray? Of course, I love Ray. You, yes, you talked about you coming from Minnesota. This is when I was just at the X Center all the time, just like doing whatever, you know, and then you, Ray mentioned that Tom Lloyd from Minnesota is coming. And I was like, I don't know who this Tom Lloyd is, but it sounds like, sounds like he's really interested in getting, you know, a lot of things done. And uh, ever since that day, you had always been in my mind. Ever since that day, before you even got here, you were in my mind. because I Before you even you met me. Before I even met you. Right? So that, is that I your first that, memory of me? That's my first memory of you, you know, and since you've been here, you've done such an amazing job. So, and I share a lot of my inner experiences with you. So I think we're on the same page with a lot of these things. Yes. More and more, I'm hearing how much I am working with people on the inner, which is a really interesting thing. Yeah. Um, if we could just back up really quick, just because a lot, like not everybody who listens to this knows what Ekinkar is. Yeah. yeah. So the spiritual path that I follow it's called Ekinkar, and wow. it, uh, it's a Sanskrit word, but basically the path is known as the path to spiritual freedom, right? And for me, the key tenets of Ekinkar uh, is to learn to give and receive love, right? And to become what we call a co-worker with God, right? And co-worker, I mean, you can draw some inference there. To me, service is it's, that's what it's all about. Service to life in any way, any way possible. So when I heard about you coming, mm -hmm. right, from Ray, me being in 
in a service position, you know, it was it was good to hear that somebody else who shares the same level of service, almost at the same kind of intensity level, was coming to New York City so we can do more things together. And that's what it's been since it's been here. You and I have been yeah. doing a lot of service work together, and I, I really appreciate that. And I and I'm very excited um, for where 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 we're gonna go um, once things kind of return to whatever level of normalcy it will get to kind of introduce, you know, or, or talk about Eckenkart to uh, whoever we can um, and let them know that there is this path. And it's not for everybody, but I feel like part of our mission in Eckenkart is to just let people know that, hey, look, there's something else that may be beneficial to you. I don't know if it will be for you, but here it is. And, you know, maybe it may, may help you because it's helped me quite a bit. Um, I feel like if it wasn't for Eckenkart, I wouldn't be here in life, you know, um, uh, I feel like that yeah. is something that um, that connects. Uh, what I want, I like what you say about Ekinkar being uh, that it's about uh, service, really to life in a way. This podcast is about love, you know, giving and receiving love. I feel like, and especially in Ekinkar, we're often talking about it in like an esoteric, spiritual way. Sometimes it's very practical. Um, well, in my in my experience so far, like giving of love, right? It's not, so I'll, I'll, let me give an example, like in the healthcare field, right? Uh-huh. It, to me, I could be doing a whole lot of things for a patient, but part of it is my job, right? Uh-huh. But for that one patient that says, hey, can I have a cup of water? That's not even my patient, right? Uh-huh. And I go get that patient a cup of water. It could be something as simple as that, or somebody, you know, you going and saying hi to a person or a family member that's you know not feeling not feeling very good about what's going on right now it could be as simple as that and it could be as a big and as amazing as as something else you know so uh-huh. just the whole the whole what i've realized about love it really is an action and emotion and i think the book talks about that uh, it goes into it it brings a new level of understanding the five love languages, which is what I found. It brought like a new level of understanding when the uh, the excitement and the joy of meeting somebody new first kind of goes away. It's like, holy crap, who is this person, right? Yes. And then it talks about <laughs> love is that you have decided to make an effort to make that person happy, right? And that yes. could be as, as big or small as it needs to be. That is true. We're going to get into love languages in a second. I just want to finish off. My first memory of you uh, is you in the X Center in like the blue scrubs. You're like, blue scrubs? yes, you're wearing them right now. Yes. And I feel like you're this giant hulk of a man. You're kind of like the black Mr. Clean to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mr. Clean. Yeah, you you're really had some guy. Because not only are you like, not only are you there to like, I don't know, clean is not the right, you just have a clean energy and no, you're very, I appreciate that. you're very bright and, Thank you. and you're just like, uh, the energy that comes off of you is just, you just want to be around it. And, and it's like, you're there to like help like Mr. Clean in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate those are very nice words. And Tom. I feel like you are a partner in, uh, in all things good in terms of we, we both do have, um, it's even beyond Ekinkar, I feel like, which is like the, the bond. Know, that's the that's bond. where we meet, but we're, right. I feel like we're in a, in a spiritual resonance with each other. We know things that have helped us in our lives and we can't help but serve them. We don't yeah. understand yeah. another way of life. We just have to help what we know has helped us. 
That's I, honestly, Tom, that is the only way to really explain it. Cause it's like, if I'm not doing this, then why am I really here? Because this right. is what's brought me here. Right. Right. And this is what's going to continue to have me, you know, uh, grow myself, you know, and elevate myself. Yes. So. And, and then I would say, you know, what I like to ask people too is I don't is when was the first time that our hearts really connected? Uh, and that's a good question. For you, I would say I remember you would be in the X Center and you asked me several times, you were like, however I can help or however I can serve, mm. just let me know. And you would you mm. would like shook my hand in this way that was like, let me know. <laughs> and it was funny Uh, because i didn't have any authority at that time to to be like yeah this is how you can help uh and later i did um which was kind of interesting but you know i I just when i saw you what i felt in you is just really this deep commitment that you really want to serve and i feel like right now even within COVID 19 i don't know if you like the way that you look at that I'm like, I'm, you're just like ready. You're, you would go to the, to the nth degree to help in that situation. And to me, that's yeah. just like, it just opens my heart to have a, almost like a role model of somebody who's just like so uh, service oriented. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised that acts of service is your love language. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have an idea when your heart first connected with me? Beyond... Uh. I think it was when we were at the diner and I shared that dream that I, I had. I love diners. You. Yeah, I was at that diner um, in the city and I, I, I told you that dream I had with the team and, uh-huh. uh, and you know, how I had this, like, this beautiful sword and we were, like, going on a mission to do something. You know, I didn't quite, you know, understand what it was. but We still don't know what it um, is, but we know that well, it's real. <laughs> we know that it's real. But, you know, one of the things is that what, what I felt was that you were dedicated to helping me accomplish this mission, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, from that point on, you know, we, we served in, in positions together, you know, since then. So uh, that's, that's when I feel like our hearts really connect because then I knew that, all right, this guy is actually like, he's in my corner and uh, yeah. you know, I'm in his corner and we'll do whatever we have to do to kind of like make things as best as it possibly can. Yeah. You know? We're like brothers in service. Yeah. We show absolutely. up. Yeah. We show up even when we don't want to show up. Exactly. <laughs> I love it when there was one meeting that we had where you literally paid like $70 to park. Just to park. So you yeah. could get this meeting. I was like, this dude is so, he's for real. <laughs> well, they're, they're, those parking companies, man, they, they really. They will get you. But you were, like, this you, ma- you were like, this meeting better be good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. And it, it was good. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, I remember that oh, meeting. It was good. Yeah. So I love asking this question, which is where, like, if you could check in with your heart today, maybe uh, some type of, is there some type of machine that could get at the depth of your heart? What, where is your heart at today? And what do, what do you want to tell people? Oh man. Oh boy. Uh, is this a good time to talk about like previous relationships and stuff or is that something? Sure. Really I mean, it's, on? it's whatever's on your heart right now. I honestly, what, when you asked that question, the first thing that came to mind is like the relationships that I've had in the past and how, how I just did not understand what love was to them. And because I thought I knew what love was um, through my constant, you know, desire to serve I really didn't understand much at all other than one particular type of language and if I could go back in time and give myself some advice it would just be like pay attention to what they're really telling you man just like look at what 
like the the relationship that I had that affected me the most, right? I was with uh, I was with this girl. Uh, we were together for about you know maybe four four and a half years, and that woman did every single thing she could for me, man. Every single thing, and I was just I was just graduating out of PA school, just finally making a little bit of money so I can you know keep myself afloat. And uh, she was providing so much that I wasn't ready for in terms of love. And uh, if I could go back in time, I would just be like you know spend some time with her. Her love language was quality time, right? Yes. And we lived together, and I you spent did. such little quality time with her, you know. So ah. if that that's where my, my and even with my other relationships, like the last one who where her love language was words of affirmation, she always told me that, you know, she needed to hear me say that I love her. And I used to say it, but I also did so many things for her. Like I would drive her to work from New Jersey into Manhattan every morning. I would, you know, let her borrow my car to go. I would just do these little things that I, I thought were showing love to her, but she, she didn't understand that language as well as she understood the words I love you, you know? Um, so, so are you if I could like, go back, are you I, would just, like a I little, would just read that book. You would, if you would go back, you would read that book. Are you feeling yeah. like a little in your feelings or sad or something today because of uh, that in a way? Or? It, you know, honestly, I can't be sad. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't want to say I regret, but it's something that I could have done better. You know, uh-huh. but I, I really didn't have the tools at that time. And yeah. a complete stranger told me about the book and, and uh, you know, I read it and, and immediately once I started to read it, I was like, Kwame, why didn't you read this book before? You I know. know. Once you hear about the love languages, you it's like yeah. this explosion goes off in your head and you're yeah. like, and you, you do look back at every single relationship and you're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah um, that's exactly. That's exactly but, the, the reaction. Yeah. And it's really actually kind of Christian based, isn't it? Did you uh, read the book? I haven't re- I haven't actually read the book. I've only kind of like done my research I have, talking to people about it. But so I'm wondering what um I wouldn't say it's Christian based from what I'm I'm reading. I mean there are uh, some he talks about, you know, some of the things that uh the tenants of typical Christian families may want to follow, but uh-huh. it's really, the book is really just uh, uh, communication based and understanding based. And, and really it's at the heart of love. The, he, he says some very, very spiritual things in there that really doesn't belong to any particular region. It just belongs to love. Um, so I wouldn't cool. necessarily say it's Christian based at all. You know, I, I'm probably, I probably have maybe about three or four chapters left in it. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm on the last love language right now, quality time. Um, which is my uh, number one that's your Um, number one quality yes yes so what are can you just tell us for people who don't know what are the love languages the the five love languages okay Mm -hmm. so the first love language is words of affirmation right if you and that generally means generally like not saying something when somebody wants you to say it but saying something when you genuinely feel it and something that resonates from inside of you right saying i love you saying thank you so much for cooking thank you so much for uh you know doing these chores around the house, you know? Um, Then the second love language, um, and these are no particular order. Uh, Second love language is gifts, right? Some people love to have gifts. Uh, It makes them feel genuinely appreciated, especially if it's a thoughtful gift, right? Or if it's something that, you know, that means something in particular to that person, you know? Some people's hearts will really light up when they know that, oh man, this guy was this, or this girl was really thinking about me in order, you know, to get me this, this gift or whatever. It could be something as simple as flowers or a favorite flower, you know? Uh, the third love language um, 
let's say it's physical touch. You know, some people, uh, physical touch is, it's a bit tricky because, you know, now at the age that we live in, you have to be very careful with physical touch. But physical touch generally could just be somebody putting your hand on your shoulder when you're making them a cup of coffee or something like that, you know, or somebody just uh, maybe a massage. You know, maybe you learn to give massages because when that person gets a massage or when that person gets their, their head rubbed or their back rubbed or whatever it is, they feel like, there's a connection there, you know, and they, that person really does, you know, uh, care for me. Um, obviously, physical touch, you have to be very careful because inappropriate physical touches and, you know, whatever else. Uh, the oh, third, yes, yes, because that's very important. Um, and then the next love language is uh, quality time, right? You can say how much you love someone and you can really mean it, but if you don't spend time with that person where you give undivided attention, right, where you're not on your phone or you're not watching TV, you know, and you're actually having genuine uh, conversation and thoughtfulness with each other, um, then that's also another love language. That's how you can connect on a deeper level with someone. And then the, the next love language is uh, acts of service, right? And that Which you know something. all about. <laughs> Which you, it can be something as simple as like, I'll tell you why my last relationship ended. Here, here's a story in terms of okay, acts I of love service. It. I here's love this it. one. So the, I was seeing her and I did, so many, you know, we did a lot of things for each other. We had a, we had a disconnect, right? And, you know, because I didn't understand fully that her, you know, hers was words of affirmation. I should have known from her telling me that, you know, she needed to hear me say I love her more. And for me, I did all these things for her, you know, acts of service-wise, like driving her around, taking her places, letting her bar, you know, whatever it can, doing her laundry at my place, dropping it off, all these different things. But I asked her to do like a simple thing, which is like, give me a phone call on her lunch break, you know, at work. And she couldn't do that. And it just spiraled into like, you know, into all kind of things. So the one little thing, just a phone call, five minutes, you know. Mm, sounds like you need into, some words of affirmation, Kwame. Well, I, I just, I needed to have, I needed to have that for whatever reason it was. I needed to have that and she couldn't do it for me. Um, uh -huh. And uh, unfortunate, she's, she's a very good person. Uh huh. Um, so we are you? Had a, we had a disconnect there. Yes, I appreciate that, Tom. You are okay. So it's interesting. So uh, the love languages. I think you did a great job at outlining them. In right. the book, do they talk about the concept of the of the love tank? Oh yes, 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 yes. They do talk about. You want to describe tank. that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important. <laughs> it is. I, it absolutely is. And and what it says is that if you uh, basically if you don't keep the love tank uh, replenished, uh -huh. what's going to happen is that that person's uh, love for you is going to start to wither away and uh -huh. they're going to start feeling like their needs are not uh, fulfilled and the needs are not met. And then, you know, he talks about like, you know, how people become like a babbling brook and the other one, I forgot what the other example he used, but basically what he's trying to get at is that you have to constantly uh, reinforce this. You have to constantly put the work and the effort in. It's not something that you just do once, you know, Hey, I got you this nice gift once and then bam, you're done. No, it's constant uh, reiterating that I do love you constant, you know, here's this nice little gift. It doesn't have to be something expensive, you know, or, or little things, you know, you do the dishes for somebody or something like that. You have to constantly work at it. It's not something that's you just put it there and it stays in the jar. No, it's not like that. It's love is in motion, you know, just something we say in acting part. Love is always in motion. And the way I think of it, the way I think of that is like, if you have a train, right, and the train is packed with people, right, the only way you're going to get more people 
onto the train is by letting people out, right? Mm-hmm. So that cycle of love, it's like as you keep pouring love into it, you have to let love go out. You have to give the love and you have to receive the love, right? So you can give more. Yes. Right? So that's a simple concept of it. It's just that you have to you keep gotta let it out. the tank. Yeah. You got to let it out. The thing that I think is most interesting about the tank, I do agree, you have to keep working on this. You have to keep filling the tank. But mm. what helps me the most when I look at the concept of the tank is, and the love languages that I really love, it's all about receiving right. for when you're talking about a lover or yourself to know mm. about the love languages. And sometimes mm. you actually give out different, you speak love languages that mm. are different than the, than the ones that fill up your tank the most. So it's oh, like they, they diff, there's the different love languages will fill you up in different ways. Like for me, quality time is number one. So right. if you like, if we go hang out, I'm like, my tank is full, like immediately, even if it's for like a half an hour, I'm like full, very easy. Yeah. Gifts on the other hand, they don't do hardly anything for me. You could give me <laughs> gift after gift, after gift, after gift, right. after right. gift, and you would be like an eighth full. And so it's knowing about, especially I feel like when, when you're with a lover is knowing what fills them up. Right. Like maybe your love language is acts of service and you keep giving that to them, but it's not right. really filling them up. No, because so, uh, yeah, go talk about it. <laughs> no, no, no. So, I, so that's, that's perfect because that's something he, he talked about in the book. He said that um, it's almost rare that two individuals will have the same love language. Yes. Like, and you have to learn whatever your, your lover's love language is because mm-hmm. You can be full of acts of service, but if their love language is, is quality time or words of affirmation, you're not doing anything for them. And they'll still feel neglected, right? Because you're not putting the right ingredients into their tank, right? It's yeah. like, uh, um, let's say like, so the, the, the language is the key to all, not only open the tank, but fill in the tank. And I'll, I'll compare it to like the, the virus, right? I, so I'm sorry. Why not? Find that we're in like <laughs> COVID, right? It's, it's coronavirus because it's a, there's a crown of receptors on it, right? And okay. those receptors latch onto your cell, right? And then it, it acts like a key, opens the cell, the virus enters the cell, and then it tells that cell to replicate the virus now instead of the normal replications for that cell, right? Okay. So your body starts to fill up with COVID in that sense. But with, with the language itself, if you don't speak the right language to that person, then you won't be able to not only open your tank, but to fill their tank up. But it, when you do speak the right language, though, then Or it's cause a like, retrovirus of love throughout their body. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, when, when you speak the right language, and if you, speak, if you speak the proper language, then it could almost be like a, a, a hydrant, you know, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, yes. Uh, it fills you up. You're like, oh, you're great to go. But if you, you know... If you do that with somebody else that who doesn't speak that language and it does nothing for them, but for you, it's like flush, flooding it with a, a hydrant full of water, you know? So exactly you speak the right language. You got to learn what other person's language is, and you, you got to learn. Them. And I feel like you have there's different levels of them. Like so, for me, right. I don't know what your order is, but my order is number one is quality time. Right. I think number number two and three are a close tie, which would be like physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm. Fourth is acts of service for me, even though that's probably not what I speak. And then number five, last oh, solo on the list is gifts. <laughs> and so sometimes, so like with one of my most significant relationships, quality time was pretty high and touch. But for him, like maybe number one was gifts and my number five was gifts. 
Do you know what I mean? And like words of affirmation was pretty high for me too. And that was like absolutely on the low for him. So it was like, that's where the problem was, is that like we were doing, we were giving these languages that were pretty high on our lists, but we were both like missing each other, like ships in the night. It's like, what's going on? But if we had just understood that, you know, I'm not going to say that everything would have been perfect, but it's like, I would have looked at the gift that he, because he gave me so many gifts. Right. I would have looked at the gifts differently differently yeah. you know yeah. or even or, i don't know you listen to my mom's episode you said uh, like i when she's talking about the cleaner yeah and she's trying to explain totally it. different styles <laughs> it's totally different styles. That, if you go uh, listen, if you ever listen to that episode go listen to that episode it's hilarious how my mom yeah, is hilarious. dealing with these gifts that her cleaner is giving her because <laughs> it's it's her trying to understand the gift uh, of love it's like her trying to become fluent Right. and gifts like yeah to another yeah. level and there, i feel like there's always yeah. other levels of these too yeah. so no, that's awesome I, I always you know if i the only thing i can say now it's like if i had gone if i known what i if i known back then what i know now would it have made a difference it probably would have made a difference um would i eventually be where i am now there's a possibility i still could have, i still could be here and single you know at this point in life but i think just knowing the language maybe we could have just had better communication with each other on on many different levels and maybe things would have been different i have no clue i have no clue um but you know can't change the past can't even worry about it so what what is your order kwame i want to know what i want to know Uh, that's tough that's tough you know i don't i i took a quiz online Uh and the only thing that i i paid attention to the quiz was that it did get that the acts of service was number one um, to me, like you, gifts are very low for me. Like I don't, uh-huh. I, I actually request when I date people that you don't buy me any gifts. I don't say, so don't, don't do that. It's not necessary. I don't, I don't need it that much. Maybe if I had to say, um, number two, it probably would be uh, quality time. Number three, physical touch. Number four. Number four. Words uh, of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Because gifts five. is also at the lowest gifts. for you. Yeah, I just, I don't. Yeah. What is it about gifts? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't care for them. You know, I don't care. for them. I know it's so hard. Yeah. Anyway. But I think that there is something to learn. That's where there's like the actually probably like the most to learn. Right. Like, I feel like for me, well, how I used to look at gifts was like, it's so easy to write it off. as like, oh, you're materialistic. Right. All you care about is, right. I don't know, you know, that, that may be part of things. our journey. That may be part I mean, of the journey. And it's, it's yeah. to figure out okay how to speak these other languages yeah it's not that this language is bad it's just a different language so how do you figure out like what is it that makes people tick with this gift stuff yeah and it doesn't always you know with gift people it doesn't have to be expensive things or material things it's It's, really it's really about i feel like the idea that you're thinking about them that you take the time to like care for their interests and and really give them something that is going to be worth value yeah yeah i i think you hit the nail on the head with that and i think our you know even though it may not be our particular love language i think what each of us should try to do i'm a firm believer that the five love languages should be like the first book you read in like junior high school or, and then you revisit it in high school, and then you should also look at it in college as well. I feel like that's probably the most important book that any growing child or adult should read because it will, it can really make the world a better place, right? If you just 
take the time to understand what makes people be the best version of themselves and bring out the best in them, which is what the love languages does, right? It gives them the, the nutrition for them to give the rest of the world that nutritious love that we all want, right? So I think, I honestly think that it, it's really the best thing for every, every student to learn and for everyone to kind of learn about the other love languages that they don't necessarily speak as well, because that's yes. only going to help us understand each other better as human beings and, um, and, you know, help make this world a better place. Yes. And I mean, if you think about it, <clears throat> I think, you know, from our own, our own spiritual vantage point, it's like people are always teaching us lessons. <laughs> right. Like there's always a lesson to be learned. Yeah. And I think what you bring out with the love languages research is that two people who are in a relationship often don't speak the same language. <laughs> and it's probably because there's something there for you to learn. Right. They're your teacher. Right in this instance about love. Yeah, well, another thing he talked about, a lot of it is, is from what you were lacking as a child or what you, you had as a child. So for ah. me, like, I know as a child that I grew up, you know, I won't go into a lot of the details about how I grew up as a child, but I was, in terms of love, my tank as a child was very, very low, very, very uh -huh. low. Um, and what, what I learned uh, from that is that, first of all, the first thing I learned from going back to, you know, visiting my childhood mentally, it's that God has always loved me. And I can, I see it as I grow older, I see it more and more because I see all the, the situations where things could have turned out really, really bad for me. Right. Uh -huh. um, and because I didn't really have, uh, you know, strong parents around, um, God has always taken care of me because my heart, and I tell this to anyone who's willing to listen to me, the only reason I am here, anyone who listens, the only reason I'm here, it's because I have always wanted to serve life, even as a little mm. child. I have always wanted to help people as a little little boy because I didn't have a lot of help for myself, and I've always wanted people to not experience that kind of thing. Um, so, and that's part of, probably a big reason why I'm in healthcare because I want to help people because I knew how uh, unhelped I was. If that's a word as a child, you know. Um, uh -huh. And I think it's the same thing. Some people I met some people who say that. As a child, their father, you know, never said how much they loved them, right? And But their father would, you know, take them to school in the morning or fix their car for them. But they never heard those words that I love you, you know, daughter or son, mm -hmm. uh, as a child. And so now that they're older, they need to hear those things because they feel like that's that's ingrained to them that that what's going to make them feel better because that's what they were missing you know so a lot of it comes from childhood man you, and a lot of things come from childhood a lot of issues so they uh, sure do <laughs> <laughs> and you can't be mad at the parents because you know the parents are they were working with what they had as well you know that's they, right. didn't, they didn't really know the love languages at, at that point either maybe they did maybe some did maybe some didn't you know but you can't really be mad at them for that you just have to be better because now you have more knowledge available to you. That's right. I wonder yeah. if you can share some, like, I feel like you're a service master in a way. <laughs> so well, I try. How, what is it for, yeah. because you, I feel like you are proficient, very proficient in the love language of service. What would, can, can you tell us about that? What is that? Uh, what does that look like? Feel like, what does that mean for me? Yeah. Yeah. And what do people need to know about that? Uh, How can you serve somebody else if if that is their love language? That's that's a really 
tough question to ask, Tom. <laughs> All right, let me see if I can let me see if I can give some kind of I can tell you what how I feel, right? Okay. Um I have wrestled with the ideas that I may not have a lot of time here in this world, right? Okay. And I know that, like I said before, I only exist here because God loves me. Um, so and I can be gone at any moment. So with that, right? With with that lessening of the fear of getting things done, right? I feel like it frees you to do more things because you're not so worried about what others are going to think if you do certain things, right? So for me, in terms of acts of service, uh, it really almost feels like a duty to me that I have to give back, you know, to whoever I can. And um, if I can make anybody's life a little bit easier, I will. And if I can help anybody with anything, I will. Um, but it's, it's, that's a really tough question because it's the language that I speak. So innately, I know it um, uh -huh. from just being young and, and growing up and having it germinate inside of me. But um, to really put it into words, it's, it's a little, a little trickier. Um, and the best thing I can say is that live every day like it's your last and whatever it is, you, like you don't want to be in a situation where you can't really do much anymore. You can't really be in a, you're not in a position to act anymore. You know, you may be able to speak and talk to people and, and educate them that way. But in terms of maybe you won't be able to get around like you used to and you can't, you know, be in service as much as you, this is just situational, right? Um, so I always tell myself, well, if, sh if stuff really changed and I didn't do that for this person, how would I feel looking back on it, right? And uh -huh. that's what kind of helps me to like move, get the, the motivation to move forward with things is that any day could be our last, any day. You that kind well of like maybe it. opens up the field it. of possibilities of what to do in a way. Yeah, don't be afraid. Don't your be afraid. Any your actions are different in that way. I think so. I think once you once you kind of lose this fear of what if, then you're more able to kind of like, like, hey, I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work, then you know what? I learn a lesson from that. But if it does work, then guess what? Maybe I just made that person's life a little bit better, or you know, maybe maybe not. And now I know. Now I know better. So uh, acting acts of service for me is just don't be afraid to do stuff. You know? I love that. <laughs> yeah, just don't be afraid. That's to amazing. Do stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, um. We talked a little bit about, about giving and receiving love. Mm. And I'm wondering for you, is it easier to give or receive love? Uh, it's much easier for me to give. Okay. Much, much easier for me to give. Um, and that's something I've, I've thought about and have worked on, you know, because I've, I felt like I have accomplished a lot of the things that I've wanted to accomplish, right? I, you know, I own my own home. I have, you know, multiple college degrees. Um, yeah, I have three children. You know, I, have, <laughs> I usually tell them seven. I usually tell them seven. <laughs> and, and I roll with it for a long time, you know, and I, I watch how people's opinions change. It's hilarious. He has no children, know. but he told me I that have one. no kids. No kids. Oh. But I do like to get people with that, you know. Um, so, uh it's much easier for me to give because I feel like there's, I've got everything that I've, I, I kind of really want or need, you know? Uh -huh. um, and I just need to be better at understanding that this person is giving something from a place of love and, and recognize that and not be so quick because I've, I've had multiple people like try to offer me gifts for my home and stuff like that. And I'm just like, no, I, I don't really, I don't really want that. You know, I don't really, uh -huh. you know, need that in there. And 
I have a bunch of useless junk anyway. So it's like, <laughs> like no, really. but I, I have to be better at identifying when something is a genuine gift and when somebody is trying to, you know, use it as a, a tool. Well, that goes back to the gifts love language. Yeah, yeah. But I ask it because I feel like within the love languages, there is a lot of giving and receiving that yeah. is talked about. And I feel like especially people who have big hearts are often likely to be easier at giving love. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard, way harder for people like us to receive love, which is, yeah. it feels like weird. Yeah. So that's why I ask it. And I wonder if there if you've learned anything about receiving love. In the uh, no, recently. I'm waiting for you to learn that and tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, waiting <for> you. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to come and shed some light upon, you know, that, that for me, you know, um, because like I said, I feel like I've, God has provided everything that I've, I could ever need and want. And everything I'm doing right now is just like plus, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. I'd have to think about it too. What have yeah, I it's, that's a tough one. Love. It's a tough one. It is tough. It's not always easy to receive love. But I think part of it for me maybe is in understanding these love languages in a way. Mm. It's like, especially with, yeah, with gifts or act of service, it's like, I might not like it. It might even like frustrate me in a certain way. Right. But to, to try to start looking at it as there's some type of gift or love behind this. Right. And if I can see that, try to find the... I'm trying to accept it, right? Yeah. whatever that is. And, and that's part of the receiving, I think. Maybe I it's know. like, uh, I don't know either, but maybe it, it's has something to do with knowing that the person who's given you the gift is coming genuinely from a place of love and uh-huh. that you wouldn't want a person to feel like their love is not good enough or... I don't know, maybe something along those lines. I, I really don't. Or just even like the simple thing of like accepting help. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes. Oh, that's a big, that's a big thing for me too. Yeah. Like I was, I remember when I was dirt poor and uh, when I was an undergraduate at BMCC, I was dirt poor. I had like maybe like $5 in my pocket, you know, and I would still be reluctant to ask my, my uncle and my aunt, you know, for help. So yeah. Something deep inside of us. We need to really evaluate it. I agree. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you when you were talking about the love languages and keeping things flowing, and I love asking this question to people because I feel like I love the answers. They're all so different. But what have you ever been in love? I feel like you have. Am I right? I think I think I have. You think you have? I think I have. What does it um, feel like? What does love feel like? <sighs> oh boy. Maybe I've never been in love. Ooh, Kwame. Yeah, maybe, maybe I have not. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that? This is so important. So how can you, how do you know when you're in love? You, give, you answer that question for me and I'll tell you if I've been in love. What makes it feel, what, what do you feel like when you're, when you're in love? See, the thing is, I don't have a, and I think a lot of this comes from people experiencing love as a child, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have that experience, Tom, you know? So for me... Mm-hmm. If you had asked me this two, three years ago, I would have said it was when I was with that, you know, with the, the girl I was living with in uh, Washington Heights. Was I really in love? I don't know. Because, boy, that's really tough. That's huge, Kwame. Yeah, that's really tough. That's huge. Uh, Man. I can say <laughs> I can say I, I love the spiritual path that I'm on. And I love uh-huh. my spiritual guide because that has always provided for me. 
right? But I feel like love is a two-way street, you know, and human love is a little bit different, right? Yes. So, okay, well, hold, hold up a second. Let's yeah, go back should, to that okay, for a second. Go back. Let's go, go from back. there first. All right. Not everybody understands this type of relationship between a spiritual guide. I don't know how to describe it. The love between a spiritual guide. But right. what does that feel like to you? So that feels, so the connection I have with the Mahantan, the, the, the spiritual guide in Ekankar, mm -hmm. is one of trust, right? Where okay. I know that even in my worst situations, you know, and the, the most downtrodden I've ever been, I was always happy because I've always had that love and comfort of the uh -huh. spiritual guide looking over me, right? Um, and that's just a... So to um, me, let me just kind of uh, try to put this under a microscope a little bit. Yeah. That's what it looks like, but what does it right. feel? What does that sensation feel like inside of you? Does it have a feeling? The feeling is a feeling Because of part of comfort. what this, I think what I'm trying to get into this podcast is there's, uh. there's not really... <laughs> but um, a language of love. I feel like it's like building like people, when they say that there's a million different things that go off in their head and I'm trying to get right. like more descriptive of it. So you said no, it feels really like, good. so it feels like comfort. It feels it like feels what like else? Trust. So trust and comfort is what I did not have as a child. Okay. I did not have that as a child. Um, because of, you know, me not growing up with my, my mother and the issues I had with my father, there wasn't a lot of trust there. And the only the only thing that I really had was this spiritual guide looking over me and guiding me to mm -hmm. where I am now, right? Um, in terms of human love, right? Uh-huh. I would have to say it, it was with when I was dating Fionn, right? The girl from Washington Heights. And I feel like that woman did wanted the best for me more than anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. But I was in such a place, I was in a place where my reality, the world that I was in, was so confabulated where it was just so confused it was it was there were a lot of things missing for me to say that i was truly in love it might be a little bit inaccurate i can say now that i still love that girl because i realized what she did for me right and how much she cared about me but in that situation i was back then i didn't really understand as much as i thought i did back then you know i really i really didn't know a whole lot like i can apologize as much as i want for what I've done, it, it won't make a difference. The only thing I can say that's that's different now is that I, I realized what was going on back then. I realized that I was constantly trying to escape my reality that I was in, right? Mm. Because there was a severe void, right? A severe lack of love from my life, missing from my life. And uh -huh. now that I now that I understand that, in hindsight, I can go back and say, wow, this person really loved me. And I can say that for a fact that she really, really loved me. Did I feel the same about her back then? I don't think so. I don't think she, I loved her to the same extent that she loved me. But now, it's easy for uh -huh. me to say. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I think this is huge. This is huge. I want to just like thank you for being so like vulnerable with that because yeah. it's like, I think I do run into some people like you who who are like the most loving people I've ever met in my life. Right. And they've experienced heartbreak, right. but they might not have been in love. Yeah. And, and I think that that's intriguing because it, there's something that, man, well, you deserve so, love, Kwame. I mean, oh my God. I, well, but I, and and clearly this person is giving it to you too. Well, we don't. We're not obviously it we're was. not together anymore. They she, she was. did. Yes. So that's another thing, right? So I feel like even back then when I was 
confused and not really knowing what love is. Like, like I said, my, the spiritual, my spiritual gut has always been taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've always had walls up and this is what I've always been told. Always. You have these walls up, right? In the relationship, what? you get told yes. that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> they're like, why do you have so many walls up? Right. Uh -huh. And I can say now it's because I didn't trust human beings when it comes to that kind of love because when mm. you're a mother when you're a mother the person that's supposed to take care of you throws you to the side right you're going to have a lot of trouble trust issues when, yes. older. when you grow older you're going to have a lot of trouble with trusting women a lot of trouble uh -huh. um, and may not just be women it may, may be other people right when your father mm. right has tried to damage your life in certain ways, you're also going to develop trust issues, right? With yes. Maybe men and whoever else, right? Older men, who, whoever. So, you know, I only bring that up is because that's why you may meet some people who may be so full of giving love, but they don't know how to receive love, right? Yes. Because I've, I've received it as an adult, but the kind of framework to understand and put it in perspective was never really built as a child, right? Yes. So, well, that and it might wall. not just be sometimes when you're in these like relationship, you know, feuds uh, or discussions or whatever, you want it to be so simple too. You're like, why can't right. you just X, right, Y, yes. Z? Right. But yeah. it's like, yeah, if you only understood what it's like to be me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why this, you would understand why this wall is up because subconsciously you're going to protect yourself, right? And right. that, your subconscious is going to put up this wall that anybody that tries to get too close, that wall is going to be like, boom, coldness. Don't come any closer right. because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. So that's what, that's what happened with me. I could say that for a fact now that I had this massive wall up that I just could not let anybody get past. And as much as they tried and they tried and they tried, I just couldn't really let, let the love in as much as I could give it out. You know, um, man, so. Kwame. <laughs> okay so you're aware of the walls uh yeah what are you doing about them uh, boy, are you doing I've, anything about them i've i've gone to therapy i've uh -huh. you know heart doctor <laughs> <laughs> well I, you know i spoke with my mother and you know we've come to an understanding my father's not here anymore so i really couldn't you know address some of the things with him but a lot of i feel i'm i'm able to talk about these things now and understand these things now is because i've been working at it for years like I realized the walls were there for years now, but I always thought, well, I got myself to where I am now. I can fix these walls. And the honest truth is that it's really hard to do an honest self-evaluation of yourself. It is like extremely hard to do because you're, you're going to be, you're going to have subjective opinions about who you are. Right. So when I saw the therapist, she really didn't think there was much wrong with me, but I knew that because I was... <laughs> Uh, because of how I grew up and when I'm in a relationship that things are different because when I'm in a relationship, it's a different dynamic and we're trying to, you know, there's this play of power and love, you know, mm -hmm. and things pop up at that time, you know, so I've actively worked on it. I think the next time I, I get into a relationship, I would, I would like to go see a therapist while I'm in the relationship uh -huh. um, to make sure I'm not making some of the same mistakes that I was making before. Um, yes. And hopefully just the knowledge that, you know, hey, there were some issues before. You should be aware of it. Maybe I can also avoid making some of the, you know, mistakes or choices that were made in the past. Yeah. 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 And I also believe that any family that doesn't grow up with where the child doesn't grow up with, you know, both parents or, you know, they're split 
I think that at some point it may be beneficial for that, you know, person to see a, uh, an objective therapist if they can find one, a good one, because yeah. it helps. Therapy is helps. not to be sh- like a shame. Not at all. Shame not at all. all. It's only not at all. Helpful. It only makes you better. It only it makes you better. It only makes you better. You Sometimes know? you need someone to help you see yourself. You can't. Absolutely. That's part of asking for help. Yeah. Um, well, I am excited for you to fall in love someday. I'm excited for that too. I'm excited for that too. Because I think, to me, one of the biggest clues is when people say, I think I've been in love. I'm like, I don't, you know. Yeah. I think the thing is, is you know. Yeah. Um, It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. I want to try, I want to try human love one of these days. Sounds like it could be some fun. It is. (laughs) It is fun. It's, it's amazing actually. So yeah. I'll get lucky one of these days. I think you've gotten pretty lucky in your life. I think I've gotten, I've been very, very fortunate. You've been very, very fortunate. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think one of the things about this podcast, it's like the people, what I'm interested in is, it's like, it's all about people who are showing up to do the work. If like, if you're listening to this, you want more love in your life or you know that there can be more love. You know that there's some type of, you just want to hear about how people are dealing with love because it's always something, it's like, you're not, in any way flawed because you haven't been in love Kwame. i just want to let you know right that, you know, oh, well, thank you're, you you're not right. because you're just not i don't know like i have a i don't even know what God. to say yeah it's, it's tough it is tough because you, cause you want uh, everybody's answer to be i've been in love of course yeah yeah but that's that's unfortunately it's not the case uh-huh. but that's but, not to that's not to say that people don't know love because there are different types of love there right? is yes and um if you can develop a trust or a, a bond with God or whoever, you know, that's, that's also a type of love as well, you know, and uh, it can also be a deep and meaningful deep. and rewarding type of love, you know, so. it is. And you keep hoping, you know, you keep hoping that, Hey, you keep hoping these days. Well, Hey, look, another thing is, is that it's not like you're not dating people. Oh, that's the opposite. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the opposite. What's the you opposite? Know? You're dating a lot of people. Well, I'm not dating a lot of people, but I I still date, you know. So. Yeah, you're. I feel like you're you're persistently trying to work something out, right? Absolutely. You I'm believe in working at it. Just because you you believe in love, still. I absolutely believe in love, and I and I yeah. want to experience, you know, uh, a real type of unconditional love, you know. Yeah. Um, you will with another person. Look, somebody, if you hear this mm-hmm. man and you're into him, go scoop him up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's very kind of you, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> but, no, it's, um, I'm interested in learning about more about, you know, just developing love with another human being, you know. That, I think the love languages is a great start, Kwame. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a great, and it's a big, um, it's a huge. It's it's prepared. You know what? It prepared me for what is going to come. You know, all these yes. years, the way the way I'm thinking about it is that all these years I've been developing a very deep bond with my inner uh, self, um, and now I'd like to. Now I have the tools to understand what it's like to develop a bond with someone on the outer, um, and uh, I'm excited to see what that looks like. I'm excited to see it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question is, yeah. is there anything, you know, you're a healthcare worker on the front lines of COVID-19 in New York city. Yes. yes. Is there anything about love that you've learned through this? And um, is there anything you want people to know? Oh boy, that's a good question. Um, I think what we, what I've learned, what I've seen from my experience throughout this time is that I will spare no, leave no stone unturned to see that somebody 
gets the, the right peace of mind um, that they need. Because a lot of it is I, so much of the, the things that we've treated in the past um, could be attributed to where the person's mental state is. I think we can do a lot with just addressing mental health. I think that's a bigger problem than, than a, a lot of things. Very that's what I've learned. Okay. That's what I've learned so far. Wow. Mental health is, is very, very key. Mental you know? health. People come to the hospital just because they want peace of mind so much, you know, mm. right, right now. Uh, and before some of the situations that they had, like I wouldn't have ordered CT angiograms for some of the people that are coming in with uh, some mild chest pain or shortness of breath. But now it's like I would spare no, you know, I would leave no stone unturned to make sure that there's nothing going on in your lungs or anything like that. There's no blood clots or something like that. So I just think helping people have peace of mind is, it's very, very, it's very important, you know, and that's what I want to focus on when I'm done with school is it's giving people the peace of mind that, that I've kind of had all these years. I love it. What a great goal. Yeah. Part of peace of mind, I think comes through tapping into the heart too. I'm just going to say it. Absolutely. <laughs> My own Absolutely. experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, amazing Kwame. Thank you for everything that you've shared today. That's my pleasure, buddy. You are a treasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're awesome. All right, buddy. Thank you, Tom. You're awesome yourself. Thank you so much for everything you shared. You're amazing. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Bye. So, wow. What an interview that was. I hope you appreciate how earnest and vulnerable and honest Kwame was with his experience and where he's at and kind of uh, just being able to be there while he made some of these realizations about himself. They are huge realizations. And, you know, I just am so grateful for his courage in being able to share and to even just keep exploring that right then. It kind of goes back to his talking about don't be afraid to take action and he just keeps taking action not only through this conversation but I know he's going to continue to keep taking action towards love in his life and I'm just I'm actually excited to see where he goes with this it's almost like this is the first half of an interview that's gonna that's gonna come back around and I don't even know how long but I know there's another portion of the story and one thing that I think in my own experience that I'm aware of is that when you raise your hand or share an experience from your heart it almost always opens the door for others to raise their hands and share that they've had a similar type experience or in a similar type experience and I know that Kwame and people like Kwame who are thriving individuals who are some of the most love-filled people also have this experience in their heart I just my heart is with y'all. And so I hope that you got something valuable from this interview today. I know uh, I sat with it for a while and, um, you know, me and Kwame even talked about it right afterwards because there was so much that came up. And uh, so I always encourage you to get your own takeaways, um, but I have consolidated mine. So here are my takeaways from Kwame. Number one, just because you've never been in love doesn't mean you don't know love. There are lots of experiences of love beyond intimate relationships. When love is absent in one expression, it most likely is going to show up in another way. For Kwame, his relationship with spirit, faith, and service to life, wherever he goes, are how he experiences a greater love for life. Number two, just because you've been in a relationship doesn't mean you've been in love. Check yourself. 
have you been in love? In my own experience, the phrase, I think I've been in love, might be a key indicator that you haven't been. And that might be a tough pill to swallow, but it's worth it to know. Being in love, from my vantage point, is an all-consuming feeling that you just know. It's not logical, it doesn't make sense, and it's experiential and all-consuming. You don't have to think about love, you just know. So, also, I just want to say, if you haven't been in love, you are not flawed. Like, you're just not flawed. You just have more exploration and experience ahead of you. Number three, what Kwame has to share is so important for parents out there to hear. What children experience when they're young really impacts how they give and receive love when they're older. So how are you nurturing love in your children? The love languages actually might be a really great place to start working with kids on how to learn how to love. As Kwame points out, they're not going to teach this stuff in school, so how will you teach your children to be fluent in love? Good question, huh? Number four, all of us are children of someone. It might be worth it to not only do an inventory of your own love languages, but also the love languages of your parents. You may see that they weren't maybe speaking your primary love language, but they were in fact speaking another love language might be something for you to look into. Number five, I need to actually read the book on love languages. Maybe you do too. I've been working with this stuff for years, but I've never actually read the book. So the book is called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. You can order it online, of course, and uh, go deeper into it. Or you can just go to their website, learn a little bit more, and take a love languages quiz. Uh, you can do that at www.numeral5lovelanguages.com. Number six, the five love languages, just as a review, are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Number seven, the concept of the love tank goes side by side with the love languages. Some languages will fill your love tank up a lot more easily than others. It's worth it to figure out which love languages fill you up and your lover up the most. Number eight. No love language is better than any other love languages. They're just ways to give and receive love. So if you aren't fluent in a love languages, maybe just recognize that fact. Furthermore, being proactive in learning that language could open you up to a whole new landscape of love. Number nine, Kwame is a role model for service in my life. And that way, he's also a role model for the love language of acts of service. It makes me think, what are the love languages of the people surrounding you? Who inspires you? If you want to become more fluent in a love language, do you have someone to look up to who's going to be a good role model for it? Go hang around that person. Number 10. A secret to service and the love language of acts of service is to simply not be afraid of doing things. Get rid of that what if attitude. Just do it. Do things. What would you do for yourself or someone else if today was your last day on earth? Number 11. Persistence. Showing up for yourself and doing the work. Can you see how much work Kwame is doing to break through these walls that are barriers to more love in his life? He is so committed to more love in his life, and that is an incredibly admirable way to be in my book. With this, I just want to say, if you have a lover who is putting up some walls, it doesn't mean that they're not doing the work to break them down. They may be doing a lot of work to break them down. Maybe what you could use and the way you could approach that is to have a little patience and compassion while they do that. Number 12. Sometimes our understanding of love changes. 
You may look back at a time in which you believed you were actually in love, and now, as you understand reality, uh, you realize that what you were experiencing wasn't love at all, actually. It may have been infatuation, obsession, lust, or some other experience. Uh, it's worth it to note that. And if you're going through a transformation in what you understand love to be, it's going to be huge, and you are gearing up for level up. Number 13. I hope you can see through the example of Kwame that when you run into difficulties in relationships, those difficulties that you're having with your partner might not be about you at all. Sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in thinking that relationship problems are all about what's immediately between us and our lover, when in actuality there can be a lot of serious trauma underlying the dynamic at hand and it may inhibit someone's ability to give and receive love. So just know, it's not always about you. Number 14. We mentioned it several times, but Ekankar, the path of spiritual freedom, is how Kwame and I know each other. We are brothers in service and spirit in that respect. Uh, if you want to know more about Ekankar, it's spelled E-C-K-A-N-K-A-R. And uh, you can uh, go visit their website at ekankar.org. Or if you're interested in like specific work and events that Kwame and I do, you can uh, go to ekankar-ny.org. You can always just ask me or Kwame about it also. We're both incredible uh, sources of information and experience in the field of Ek. Number 15, spirituality, God, and love from a higher power is a very real type of love. You may not have that experience in yourself, but try not to knock others for having it. I hope you can see by Kwame's example that many are catapulted into a relationship of a spiritual nature simply by what they've had to face in life. We're not talking about religion, dogma, or the cultural control or a Oppression that some faith-based institutions have propagated. What we're talking about here is a very real relationship with the divine, with the universe, with God, whatever you want to call it, a kind of cosmic divine love. Love like this shows up in a big time way for some people. And in my own experience in the spiritual field is that people who have faced some of the most traumatic experiences have some of the strongest and most direct relationships with the higher power, simply because it's been necessary for their survival. This type of love is, it's not reliant on others. You find it within yourself, it's accessible in all situations, and many times it gives a higher purpose to one's life. Also want to say that in a modern age, you don't have to be a monk. You don't have to be a nun or living some type of austere lifestyle to experience spiritual love. Kwame has several jobs, volunteers, dates around, has fun, and is generally living a great life. He is in the thick of life. He has all he could ever want, he says. So check yourself. If you come into resistance against spiritual love, you put up blocks or walls to this type of love, you may want to explore that for yourself, especially if you're quick to judge others on it. And lastly, number 16, what are you doing to bring more love into your life today? The heart is not only a physical muscle, it's a love muscle too. By exercising and working on different approaches to the heart, you're going to become more strong in love. Kwame's realization that he's having on this episode and beyond came in part because he was already being proactive doing some research about the love languages. He's committed to showing up for love in his life. So if you're listening to this, you're putting focus and attention on the heart already, which is awesome. And I want to celebrate you for that. But beyond this, after this, what is it that you're going to do today to strengthen your own capacity to love? Only you know the next step and only you can take it. That's all I've got on Kwame today until his notorious return and some future date uh, with new 
uh, explorations and realizations of love that are sure to come. I believe in Kwame 100% and I'm so excited uh, for where he's about to go in his life. If you loved what you heard today, you want somebody to hear what Kwame shared, or you know someone needs to hear about this show, do me a favor and share the show with somebody. Word of mouth is going to be one of the best ways that we get the word out there. So also, in the spirit of promoting the show and in the spirit of Kwame and his work with the love languages, I want to do a little giveaway. I want to give away a free copy of the Love Languages book. So if you want a chance to win that, here's what you can do. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Rate us five stars, but also write up a few sentences of why you love the show. Do both, and I'll enter you into a raffle to win a copy of the Love Languages book. I'll give you to the end of the day on Monday, May 25th, and everyone who's given a review by that point is eligible to win. Beyond that, if you want to join the email list, uh, there's a link in my bio on Instagram as at Tom Lloyd Hearts You. All that's left after this is to share my love with you. Thank you so much for your ears and showing up for the heart and for the work of the heart and love. Uh, Take the love I'm giving you, find someone's love language, and give love to them in that way. Because that is a surefire way to bring a lot more love into the world. I hope you have a good one. I will see you next week.